This is your host, Terry Noland, and this is your community. Come on in, grab a seat, and strap in. Hello, literacy leaders. Thanks so much for being here. This week, we are talking about literacy leaders do what they ask others to do. I'm Terry Nolan, and I work at Learning Ally. This is the Learning Ally Literacy Leadership Podcast. And so often I hear, oh, administrators, they don't need to know the discrete elements that go into reading instruction. That shouldn't be their concern. They've got other things to worry about. And this, to me, says we don't fully understand how important the administrator is in this big job. We don't understand their significance. We don't understand that they are the ones that set the tone, the culture, the vision, the mission, the execution, the implementation when it comes to evidence-based, research-backed, effective literacy instruction. I want us to think about for a minute as I tell you the story of some of the work that I've done here at Learning Ally over the years. And that was helping schools and district with the implementation of our anchor solution, the audiobook, the human narrated audiobook. Now, when I first started out in this journey over 17 years ago, I was one of the people that said, oh goodness, we don't need to worry that administrator with understanding the audiobook. We don't need to worry that person. They've got too many things to be concerned about. And so I never went down the path of making sure that the principal, that the AP, whoever was on board and understood. Sure, there were successes here and there because you would find the champion that would raise that flag and lead this implementation. But I've got to tell you, once I started to come to understand and realize the significance of the administrator, the significance, not only at a school level, but if we were implementing district-wide, when you got the individuals that were in those administrative roles, even a superintendent, to understand what we were doing, we had far greater success. What I want us to think about today is we're thinking about as we make a move to providing the assessments, the curriculums, the teacher knowledge, everything that is needed to execute on scientifically backed, evidence-based reading instruction in our classrooms, we need to bring that leader along or the leader needs to bring us along. And I'm talking about that person in a place of position that person that is a district-level administrator, even a superintendent. This is what you need to hear because this is big. I understand that there are things that you have to be concerned with. You've got to be concerned with school safety. You've got to be concerned with teacher turnover. You've got to be concerned with transportation. You've got to be concerned with so much. I get it. But when you actually commit to being a part of this process, then there will be bigger outcomes. 
John Hattie and his work of the difference between a transformational leader as opposed to an instructional leader is significant. The effect sizes on student outcomes when you are an instructional leader are big. Big effect sizes, meaning that a transformational leader is more concerned about the culture and the climate. Big things to be concerned about, absolutely. However, the instructional leader is the one that is concerned with instruction. That is the one that has conversations about teacher instruction. These are the leaders that are actually looking for what teachers are doing. So the more as that positional leader that I actually understand and know what should be happening for evidence-aligned teaching practices and reading, the better my outcomes are going to be. Many of you may have watched while we were all at home during the pandemic, you may have watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. In this documentary of Michael Jordan's life and career, you saw how he was as a leader. There's a certain scene where he is talking about the fact of he never asked one of his teammates to do something that he was not willing to do himself. And this was evident in the way that he would train and condition and work out and stay after practice and late at the gym and shoot and shoot and shoot and master his craft. He never asked someone on his team to do that if he wasn't willing to do it himself. What you saw was an individual that he wasn't just a leader on the team, a leader on the court. He led his life. He led his life according to the principles and practices and values that he held dear. That's what makes a great leader. That's what makes a great literacy leader. So today, what I want to talk about is just some of the things that have come up in my mind, in my brain, about why we need to be the leader that doesn't just ask others to do things, but we do what we ask others to do. There is this saying that goes, the further away you are from the problem, the less concerned you are about the problem. So if you are this administrator that has said to yourself, reading instruction, yeah, sure, that matters, but I am going to delegate that to a team of individuals that they've got it, they'll take care of it, I, I know and trust, and those are great things. And there are moments that we need to be able to empower and equip people and resource them fully. But the minute that you, as that administrator, step away from the problem, aren't close to the problem, then that problem doesn't become as prominent. That problem doesn't become a priority. Oh, others have it taken care of. There is this assumption. Sure, you may get reports, but what does a report tell you? It's data. It's numbers. What about the people, the processes, the children? What about the discrete elements that are happening in our classroom that actually matter when it comes to reading instruction? Let me give you an example. Do you remember the TV series called Undercover Boss? I think it was so evident in that TV series the way that this series would portray these leaders and organizations, most often the CEO, 
equal to the superintendent. And when they stepped out of their offices, stepped out of their day-to-day work and actually got into the grind of the daily work in whatever industry they were in, they started to see things differently. They started to see things from a educator perspective, a teacher perspective, a parent perspective, a student perspective. This is the same that is true for Chick-fil-A. I talk about a lot. Their story is incredible. But one of the things that would happen is when a new restaurant would get open is that the individuals that would come in and train would ask the managers of the store to step out from behind the counter and step in front of the counter as if they were the customer. Your perspective is different. As the manager, all you care about is getting the food out the door. How many customers can we serve? Knock it out. But when you step in front of the counter as the customer, all you care about is getting good quality service and a hot meal. You see the difference there? You see the difference as the leader when you step out from behind the counter, when you step out from behind your desk, when you step out from behind your daily tasks. And I know the larger the school district that you serve in, the weight of responsibility is big. It's big. But you're going to hear from me that I don't think that's an excuse. In fact, I think it's motivation. Because when we get reading, we get a lot of things. When we get reading instruction, we are solving some of the societal ills of our country. We are putting the student at the center of what needs to happen. You've got to get close to the problem. You've got to get close to the problem. Because when you're close to the problem, you can figure out a solution much better. That's the point at which you arm and delegate and resource and equip those around you because you have collectively come up with a solution. And me, in my mind, because of the intricacies that are reading instruction, that means you need to know about phonological awareness routines. That means you need to know and understand the way our language works. That means you need to realize that there are constrained skills we've got to work on and unconstrained. That means you've got to know these discrete elements. I have even heard of administrators that have said, I felt like I needed to get to know it at such a level that I offered to teach a kindergarten classroom. Can you do that? Could you sit and teach a kindergarten classroom because you just stepped out from behind the counter And now you've got the perspective of the student, of the parent, of the teacher, so many. Here's another one. Educators have told me, you know what? I am starting to change some of my instructional routines within the classroom, whether it be working on word recognition in a pre-K to two classroom or even language comprehension, vocabulary development, syntax, all of the above. And then I've got an administrator that comes in to evaluate me that doesn't have the slightest idea of what I'm doing. They don't know the research. 
They haven't gone through any of the professional learning that I've gone through. And so I say to myself, how can they evaluate me on something they don't even know about? That is valid. It's valid. Administrators, I challenge you. If you are going in to evaluate a classroom on if they are aligning to evidence, to the science of reading, to the research-backed principles and practices of reading instruction, don't you want to be able to know what you're talking about? Don't you want to be able to identify what's going on? Wouldn't it be great if you were to watch a teacher see their instructional routine and be able to offer things like, you know what, you did a really great job of the phonemic awareness activity that you were doing. But I could really see that Elkonin boxes would really scaffold and help your students along the way. And then what that does is that it drives your professional learning because I can see where I need to go. This is a big lift. It's big. I am not shying away from the fact that this is a lot of knowledge that you need. But you can evaluate something that you do not know yourself. And so leaders, I'm encouraging you. Not just encouraging, I am imploring you. You learn right alongside educators. Here's another reason. As an administrator, we know that a lot of the buying decisions are made at the administrative level. How are you even making choices about assessments and curriculum if you don't understand what research is telling us? If you aren't grounded in the evidence, if you don't have this grounding and explicit and discreet understanding of the way that reading instruction should be taught. How are you going to go out to ed reports to see whether a curriculum passes? You got to know. You got to know what it takes to make a skilled reader. Because how are you making assessments? Once again, if you are passing those decisions off, where, are you, where is the trust? Where is the credibility with your staff? I'm asking you to do something big. I'm asking you to do something really big. But as Michael Jordan said, he wouldn't ask anybody to do something he wasn't willing to do himself. And it took time and it took effort and it took energy and it took dedication and focus and so much. But this is what we have to do. We are not going to uh, advance literacy in our country and smashing this literacy gap until administrators step up as the instructional leaders that they should be. Here's another one. Your systems, your schedules. Those systems that are in place, MTSS, RTI, your tiered systems of supports, whatever it is, the scheduling. Once again, if you're just passing that off and designating it to teams, that's good at some point. But you got to get close to the problem. You're the leader. You're the one that makes decisions. You're the one that sets the tone and the culture and the climate within our schools. And so if you don't know what the research says, how are you going to make a decision about a schedule 
that says we need to rework things in our lower elementary grades to ensure that we've got a 90-minute literacy block. And within that block, I want to make sure that our teachers are equipped with the right tools, with the right timing of how much time should be spent on new learning, on making sure that we've got phonemic awareness routines, phonological awareness routines. I've got to make sure that they are equipped with the right resources, that they've got the chart boards and they've got the Elkonin boxes and they've got the, the markers and they've got the things. I've got to make sure that's happening. And so I lead the team in that direction. You can't choose assessments unless you know what you're actually assessing. So often what I see in schools and districts is that we are moving toward an evidence-aligned practice, but then our assessment is grounded in a different theoretical model that doesn't even drive towards what we are now doing. And so our assessments do not match our instruction, and there is a big gap there. Administrators, that's your job to know. It's your job to make sure you're aligned in that. You can't hire coaches. You can't hire teachers. You can't do the interview process. You can't hire your staff unless you ask the hard questions about what their understanding and knowledge is around the science of reading. If you don't understand it yourself, those are just standard questions and they could answer anyway and you wouldn't know the difference. You got to know. You got to be hiring the right staff. You've got to be hiring the right coaches. These are the individuals that are doing the hard work each and every day, the good work each and every day. I mentioned this a little bit before, but it's so true. How are we to design our professional learning? if we don't have a deep knowledge? How are we going to design our learning that says, wow, by and large, when I went and did walkthroughs, by and large, the missing component that I saw is that we are not developing oral language. And so I need to provide professional learning that is going to equip and resource my teachers with how to embed oral language routines within the classroom, how to embed dialogic turns. You as the administrator, if you don't know that you're looking for oral language, how would you even make that recommendation? You have to know. I have said this for so long and I'll continue to say it, is that administrators, we need to be attending the professional learning that we are asking our educators to attend. We need to do it with them. You're saying to yourself, well, I don't have time. Then I'll say, maybe question your role. Do you need a different role? Not everybody's cut out for administration. I get that. So you've got to be able to do what you are asking others to do. That's how we're going to make literacy moves in our nation. That's how you're going to make literacy moves in your district. We've got to become the instructional leader, caring about instruction, caring about the effectiveness of not only our students, but caring about the effectiveness of our teachers. 
about who they are in feeling like they are doing what's right in the classroom. I've got to care about those things. And me, because I want to make sure that I do what I ask others to do. I'm going to tell you how I execute on this. I serve as a vice president of educator initiatives here at Learning Ally. I've got a lot of responsibilities. I've got a lot of people that I've got to pour value into every day. I lead our Spotlight Learning events throughout the course of the year, working with subject matter experts and thought leaders. I lead the great team that provides our educator community of thousands of educators across our country, thousands of educators, making sure that we are responsive to their needs, answering their questions, engaging them, creating, developing, and providing programs that get them connected to learning and get them connected to each other. I support other teams in other ways, but because I will never ask somebody to do what I'm not willing to do, I tutor kids. Because tutoring kids keeps me close to the problem. It keeps me close to the work. I've got 12 students that I tutor right now. And I do it for that reason, as well as, because you've heard me say it before, I can't say no to a crying mama. So do I have a lot of work? You better believe I do. Could I work nonstop every day? You better believe I can. I've got enough work to be able to do that. However, I commit to tutoring kids. I learn so much. Those children teach me things that I could never learn just by watching a video or seeing something across the way or talking to an individual. When those little human beings walk in my room, I become the teacher. Their reading progress is on me. My learning that translates into their learning is my responsibility. And then I can take what I learn and then I can use that to help others and guide others. And it helps me in my work. I would never ask somebody to do what I am not willing to do myself. So as I mentioned, this is my call that if you are someone that has a position in your school or district, you've got to know what we're talking about when we say this body of knowledge of the science of reading. You got to know it. It underpins everything we do as educators because reading is the basis of everything. Get close to the problem. Get really close to the problem. Friends, we're on this journey together. I want to help you in whatever way you need help. I can learn from you, and I hope you can learn from me as well. Let's do this literacy thing together. I'll see you next week. Thank you for going on the journey today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for continuing to grow and learn. If we are going to make an impact on education, create significance in the lives of our students, we need you. 
If you want to learn more about Learning Ally, visit us at learningally.org and be a part of a transformational community.